0: Hi, my name is Jordan Lytle, and welcome back to the Collected Nonsense Podcast, the podcast about music, games, and other nonsense. With me, I have my co-host, Zachary Bruno, as always. Zachary, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good. How are you?
0: Good. Less tired than usual, which is good. Awesome. We're also recording a little later than usual, which is actually kind of good. So what have you been up to this past week?
1: So uh, lately, it's been lots of music and lots of Starbucks making Uh, drinks for people so working at starbucks not actually buying drinks but um and uh nothing out of the usual
0: i don't think uh what about you um mostly i've just been uh working and stuff and that's about it just trying to get caught back up on projects and everything and playing a few games and listen to a bit of music but nothing terribly new speaking of music what have you been listening to
1: so, um pretty much a lot of the same stuff as I was listening to last week, but uh kind of have a new um I guess uh band of the week that I guess I could call it's not really a band, it's actually a project um by a guy called Keith Kenneth and uh Keith Kenneth. Kenneth, yeah. So he's uh he's kind of the guy that he goes under the name Helios, um, and for those of you who don't know, it's an ambient electronic project. I guess um, it's pretty popular in that genre. But if you're not, if you don't listen to that genre at all, then it's going to be kind of probably foreign to you. But uh, I guess a cool kind of uh, fact about his music is you probably have already heard it if you're on Facebook because he composed the song for Facebook's A Look Back video that you can kind of, like, customize and stuff.
0: Huh. I don't think I've actually watched any of those, but I'm sure some people have and have probably heard the music. It's actually interesting.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of cool. I never knew that until just now, but, um, yeah, you can check out his his albums and stuff. He's actually um, – he has his own label. He's kind of an independent guy. Um it's called Unseen. Unseen, I think. Yeah, Unseen Music, and okay. he makes some post-classical piano music. And um, he does. Uh, I think he does like a, another project, an indie band with. I thought I think it's his wife, but maybe not. Um, called Mint Julep, uh, which I haven't had the opportunity to listen to. But I guess the band of the week is Helios for now, but you can check out the guy. He's pretty, pretty rad. Okay, cool. So if you had a favorite song of his, what would it be? Favorite song. That's a very good question. Um, I kind of like the, uh, it's so hard with ambient music. It's like, it's, you kind of have to group them, but um, let's go with his most popular song, which is Branch um, on Spotify. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, most popular by far. With like 35, well, 35, th- no, 3,500,000 views.
0: It's a bit of a difference, yeah. Yeah, just a bit. So speaking of Spotify real fast, okay. Uh, we noticed this week that because of the way that the Spotify playlists are set up, uh, we accidentally set the Collected Nonsense playlist to private. So yeah. it has been not available for a long time. So we have, it's fixed now, and we'll be updating it with a bunch of songs. Or Zachary will be updating it with a bunch of songs, and we'll hopefully keep it uh, caught up, so you can go listen to that. Hopefully, by the time this is out, it should be, yeah, up and updated and all that. It should be, yeah, yeah. It's hint hint.
1: So, <laughs> so sorry about the, um, I guess yeah, we didn't realize that it was private when you when it was collaborative, but oh well.
0: Um, yep. So other new things is hopefully. We're going to have some guests on here pretty soon. Yeah, I didn't. That would uh, be cool.
1: Who are those people, or do you know yet? Uh, I will
0: announce them when we actually have. Well, I'll I'll tell you more about them when we actually have set dates and everything. Okay. And all that. Um, Cool. But if you, the listeners, have any suggestions of people that we should have on as guests, let us know. Tweet at us or email us or something. Yeah. I know Jordan doesn't check his Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. I do check my Twitter I just don't always Twitter tweet <laughs> yes but I do mostly so. because whenever I see something to tweet about it's usually like um, after like you know ten hours after it's happened or whenever I'm like oh I should tweet that I'm like at work I don't want to be on Twitter while I'm at work at I'm supposed work. to be working yeah. so I don't do that I just leave it off yeah that's understandable but. So let's see, what have I been listening to this week? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've listened to anything new. Um, actually, I went through and was listening to the, the Spotify playlist because I hadn't done that in a while. And it was kind of interesting. There was, it was, it's an interesting mixture of different things just because uh, both of us have kind of different tastes in music in general. And so some of the stuff I really liked, I liked, uh, you know, Owl City's song. And then I was listening to like the Toby Mac stuff that we put on there yeah and I was kind of noticing you know what we were talking about a while ago which is that I'm not really into his newer style like I, it's one of those things where I can hear it and I'm like yeah that's good but I'm just not right I wouldn't go back and listen to it again yep which like I don't know how I feel about that I'm a little bit sad because I used to really like his stuff and I'm just not as into it anymore
1: it's definitely different I think even though I haven't listen to a lot of his older stuff, I can kind of, it's just, I mean, it's just different. It's not like as, um, I don't know. That's the thing I've, I've noticed with a lot of artists, they'll like, they'll change, but the change isn't, seems to be in the same direction. Like it's more, it just seems so refined in a way that it's almost not like as musical or as personal that it, as it used to be.
0: Well, so in Toby Mac's case, at least, I know he's said before that um, he thinks that artists should always be changing to kind of keep up with the times. Like, with with pop music, you have to change. True. Which, I mean, his stuff is really kind of pop. It is. Um, and so what he's done, and he's actually done it successfully, is change in a way that it's all, it's considered good pop music for the newer, you know, for each new year. It's kind of kept up with the times. And I, I think... I don't know about his last couple albums, but I remember uh, Tonight was actually pretty darn successful as far as albums go. Which and one? Like a, uh, t- I think it was Tonight? Tonight? Was the name of it? Yeah. I think. I think that was the last one I bought. I thought it um, was Eye on It. Uh, no, Eye on It was After Tonight. I on ah. It may have also been popular, but... Yeah. um, After Tonight, I kind of stopped listening for a while. Part of that might have been that my younger siblings played tonight on loop and just you know, like you got kind of sick of the song yeah it was tonight and but the cool thing about that was like um with that album he seemed to kind of break out of the purely uh christian circles as far as people who listen to music yeah like i could i had a few non-christian friends who like i had mentioned the album offhand and they're like oh yeah i've heard that like i know that and so he he'd get played on not particularly Christian radio stations every once in a while and stuff like that, so, you know, it was considered good by people that weren't, didn't only listen to Christian music. Yeah, it's
1: kind of like Need to Breathe a bit, too. I can see that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually, I heard... an Owl City. uh, Need to Breathe (laughs) like name-dropped on a uh, you know, mainstream radio station the other day. They are like, oh yeah, come to this concert and see, you know, blank, blank, blank and Need to Breathe or something like that. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. I think I don't listen to them a ton, but it's kind of cool that to hear
1: the name pop back up i honestly think that there's a lot of artists these days that are believers and they're just not like in the christian worship quote-unquote realm but like 21 pilots for example is like they're christians like that's that's something that they don't they don't say often but i mean they're pretty open about it so is owl city so is need to breathe and toby mack reliant k i mean i guess A lot of those artists, I mean, I listen to, so maybe that's kind of the reason why. Um, But I don't really, like, listen to artists because they're Christian, generally. I just... Well, neither do I. I I used to. just because I like them,
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I find that the people who don't try really hard to make their, like, I guess, Christianize their musical style tend to do better because they're not trying to make it something that it's not. Like, if it's not naturally... Christian like if you're not writing worship songs cuz you feel led to write worship songs then write whatever other kind of songs you're you feel led to write. Yeah. Like um uh Brian Fallon is actually a Christian too. Uh the, you know, the lead singer of the Gaslight Anthem. And you know, I th- one thing he said in an interview one time was, you know, he who kind of wondered at one point he was like I feel like I should write songs but I don't want to write worship music. And he was like uh, you know I kind of realized that Maybe maybe my calling is just to write good music, and so that's what he does. I don't know if any of the other band members are Christians, but I know that he is, which is kind of cool. But you know, like I don't I don't spend a lot of time researching the personal lives of uh, musicians most of the time. I usually just like, oh, if their music's good, I'm going to listen to it. Right. And then every once in a while, I'll happen to see an interview or something, but. I don't know. I think, like, one of the issues that Christian music has had over the past few decades is that a lot of times they've tried too hard to separate themselves from everything else. Yeah. And so they ended up just being this weird Christian parody of whatever is currently popular and in a way that wasn't good. So people would be like, yeah, why would I listen to that when I could listen to the same song but better?
1: Yeah. Just by I, turning on the radio. The Christian worship realm has kind of become like a like, a whole nother genre. Like, it is a genre. Which well, is I mean, shouldn't. I'm not
0: even talking about worship music. I'm just talking about, you know, uh, what would we consider, like, Christian music. Like, uh, you know, Toby Mac stuff back in the day was pretty decent. But at the same time, like, there's a lot of stuff like Skillet that I used to listen to that I have a hard time listening to now because it just isn't that good. Yeah. Like, they're not bad, but why would I listen to that when I can go listen to any other number of, you know, secular bands that are just better? You, I like suppose I want to listen to good music.
1: It's because you were in that in that uh, circle that you. Well, at the time,
0: that about. was all I'd been exposed to. Like, and I enjoyed it at the time, which I, I don't have a problem with the fact that I enjoyed it then. But I just hadn't been exposed to as much music as I have now. Like, I know of a lot more bands, and I've heard a lot more styles, and so it's it's a lot harder to go back to because you're like, mm, it's not as good as I remember it being. But I, I mean, I think that, like, that's kind of the issue that they've had. Over the past few decades is kind of like learning to get good at music because a lot of it just was, you know, it wasn't good enough to be listened to because of the music. You had to listen to it because of the idea behind the music, which is not a problem, but that's not why I listen to music. I don't listen to music because of the people making the music most of the time. I listen to the music because I want to listen to music and I want to listen to good music. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I I feel like that there's the same thing going on in the Christian movie realm actually right now. And it seems exactly. like it's been like the same thing. Uh, maybe we're going to, hopefully, we'll get to the same point as we're kind of heading towards now with music, with the Christian music or Christian movie realm, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, the the what it really comes down to is, when you make something that is, a, you know, you want to make a Christian movie, movie. I mean, really, with any any set of belief, you want to make a movie that you know contains your beliefs, whether it's a political belief or a you know a religious belief. If the only thing that it consists of is that belief, nobody who doesn't agree with that or who isn't super, as into it as you, you are is going to want anything to do with it just because it's not going to It's going to be really ham-fisted, which I think is the issue that uh, Christian movies have had a lot of times, is that it's just like all this is is people saying Bible verses over and over again, and there's no substance to it. I mean, there have been some good Christian movies, but I can't name any of them off the top of my head. I just know that they exist.
1: Well, it's, you don't— There's never been anything like—
0: well, there's never been anything uh, like you know groundbreaking, really. Yeah. There've been things where the you know the Christian circles have been like, "Oh yeah, this is a good movie that some Christians made. Go see it." But nothing that everybody's been talking about because it was appreciate able to be appreciated on its own merits, right? It was only able to be appreciated because it was a Christian movie. Sure. Like when you compare it to other Christian movies, it was good. When you compare it to anything else, it was not. Which is the the issue is that we need to learn how to, or I guess. Christian filmmakers need to learn how to just make a movie and then let their worldview come out as part of making a movie. Yeah. So don't make a movie about Christianity. Make I think... a movie about a story. And then the you know, the elements of your worldview will flow from that and you'll see it anyway. Exactly. I think
1: I think in a lot of ways, um sometimes we can feel like we have something to prove which we don't we don't have anything to prove we don't have to like prove that we what we believe is right because we already know like we don't have something to prove in a movie we have to just like make something and let our like you said our worldview go through our work like just envelop the entirety of what we do as because who we are is going to come out in what we do anyway it's not we don't have to be like afraid that Oh no, like, you know, what we make is going to be, it might be come across as non-Christian. No, it's like, if you are being the best person that you can possibly be and trying to be the best person that you can be every day, then, um, then it's just going to come out as what you make. It's not, it's not like you have to kind of try to, um, like create like a mask yeah uh, don't force I mean that's the real that. issue
0: right is that the movie isn't you but it's not about you right and it's the it same thing goes with books and it bothers me when people do this and it's especially you know a big thing with political movies and political books it's not about the issue the movie shouldn't be about the issue the movie should be about the story so you just need to write a story and if you write a story and it comes across really strongly as something that goes against what you're uh, claiming to believe. That might be a good sign. You don't actually believe the things that you think you believe, right. and maybe you just need to take a look, you know another look at yourself, not at the movie. You know, if you have to force it, maybe it's not genuine. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, you really shouldn't have to. If you feel the need to insert it artificially, there's something wrong, whether it's with you or the way that you're making your content. Yep. I don't know maybe that's not giving people enough credit but uh
1: but i think i think the other side of the coin is that there probably are a lot of christian producers that we just don't know about that are making these amazing movies like i mean the giver i i don't know but like i can something tells me that i mean need to breathe is on the track list for for the giver like i don't I kind of wouldn't be surprised if somebody in that realm or like the director was actually a believer and I have no idea. I've never even watched
0: the movie, but um I think there I are- remember watching it. That was a good movie, actually. It was a good movie? Yes. It's worth watching. All right. I don't remember a ton about it. I just remember it being good. Not amazing, but it was it was solid. Yeah, no, so uh, there definitely are Christians in, you know, who are, who aren't who are a part of the movie making process but aren't trying to make a movie and saying, "I won't be in a movie unless it's clearly and obviously Christian and you know has a Bible on the cover and screams at you about it and and not that there's anything wrong with making a movie that's clearly Christian but the the people that work you know with people who don't necessarily they don't necessarily agree with but make movies that are still solid tend to have more influence than people that yes. are like I won't work with anybody that doesn't agree with me and I'll only make a movie that you know takes my beliefs and hits you over the head with them. Like, that's not how you convince people. Like, if you ever notice, people who don't claim to be Christians don't go and watch Christian movies. Right. They only preach to the choir. And, there you know, there's a time and a place for, you know, giving a message to people that already agree with you, if it's something that's going to actually challenge them. But a lot of these movies are made with the intention of reaching out to new people and they never succeed at that. Or rarely at least. I feel like most of the
1: Christian films just like boost Christians' egos because like, whoa, well, wow, well I've never done that, or like I must be
0: better than these people. Yeah, or they just make them feel better about yeah their beliefs. Which is not a problem, but in in and of itself, feeling better about what you believe is not a problem. The problem is when the only things that you surround yourself with are things that make you feel better about what you believe. If it's not actually directly challenging you right. at ever, then there's a problem. Like you need to at least be pre- pre- presented with something that at least causes you to look at what you believe in a different light so that you can understand it better. Or if you're wrong, then you can change what you believe. But, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, if you're making a movie to teach people, you need to be making a documentary, not a drama. Dramas are not for teaching. You can have solid lessons to be learned from dramas, but if you're you're making a drama with your main goal being to teach people, it's not going to work as well as a movie that's just about a story. And if you think about it, most of the stories that have strong moral lessons in them that everybody knows and loves, like Lord of the Rings... It's not about teaching somebody a specific lesson. It's just a story. Right. And it's a good story. And most people don't learn things from, you know, structured lessons like, oh, we're going to beat you over the head with what, what's right or wrong. They're like, they learn from experiencing something. Right. And one of the interesting things about movies is it allows you to experience a story and experience something that happens to different characters. And you can learn from that. Purely on a story level, theoretically.
1: Yeah, that's. I don't that's know. Where really I'm going with this, but I've, I've never quite thought about it that way. I mean, I've thought about that, but I've never been able to like put it into concrete thoughts. But that's exactly that's wh- exactly
0: what I th- I'm feeling right now. Yeah. So I actually, you know, I hope I hope that all these artists just become better at what they do. I don't want anybody to see it and give up. I just want people to. I just want. It, I want people to be good at what they do. So, yeah. So that that's our uh, our movie discussion for the week. I don't think we normally talk about movies, so that's, that's an interesting tangent. Uh, let's see. Before we were talking about music, do we have anything else we want to talk about when it comes to music this week? Not really. Okay. Well, let's talk about games. Have you been playing any games this week? I know we played a little bit of Lord of the Rings online, as usual. Yep. But Not really. Other than that, no. Actually, oh, okay. no.
1: I, I did have Civilization <laughs> Four, but we're planning
0: that. Yeah, we're going to play that sometime. Um, In the next few weeks, we're going to play that for a bit and talk about it and just chill and upload a video of that. Yeah. People can watch it if they want Um, at some point. But other than that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, notice anything new about lord of the rings when we were playing it or anything cool Uh, or bad
1: well i mean not anything that jumped out to me
0: it was kind of laggy yeah i mean it's just technical issues but yeah i don't know one of the things that kind of bothers me a little bit about that game is the how slow the progression feels yeah and i don't know if that's just because the past couple weeks we haven't been doing story quests but even we are doing story quests it's just I mean, it's an MMO, and it feels like an MMO, I guess is my my, my complaint. <laughs> I'm just like, uh why does it have to be an MMO? It's such an MMO, and so I don't know. I'm not going to complain too much about that. But that does lead me into what I've been playing this week, which is uh, two things. One, and both of them on Saturday, because that's the first time I had time to play anything. Um, I played Star Trek Online, which I played a while ago, and so... um. When I was playing that, I was kind of comparing that to Lord of the Rings online because I just played it the night before. And that was kind of interesting because Star Trek Online works a little differently. It moves a lot faster and what level you are it just doesn't feel as obvious, I guess. Like I mean, you know what level you are. But you're not constantly running into enemies where you're like, Oh, this one's over leveled or I'm underleveled for this. It's just you kinda of do the story missions and that's and they're always about your level. And so it's not it doesn't so far, it hasn't been a problem. I'm also only, like, a level 7, so I'm not that far into it. But what was really interesting about the game is that most of the game takes place in space in a ship because it's Star Trek. And I don't know if you've ever watched Star Trek or anything, but, I mean, it's mostly people in it's space in ships exploring. Yeah. Um, so the cool thing about it is the way that the combat works. So you control your ship in combat, and you're always moving in combat like you would in an actual like, a space dogfight, but you're controlling a decent-sized ship. So, the cool thing is, you can control um, what your ship is equipped with, what weapons it has, and where they are. So, you can control what's in the front and what's in the back. So, like, on my ship, I have a pretty small ship, because I'm just starting out, and I have a uh, a phaser, a bank of phasers in the front, which the phasers are, like, lasers or whatever, if you've never watched Star Trek. Um, And then I have a phaser bank in the back, and then a torpedo launcher launcher in the front. And so, the cool thing is that Um, they have arcs of where you can shoot. So based on how your ship is positioned, you have a better or worse shot. And so when you're, you know, attacking a ship directly in front of you, you can only shoot weapons in the front. When you're attacking a ship behind you, you can only shoot weapons from the back. But if you're attacking from the sides and you're using phasers, you can, like, broadside and shoot stuff from both the front and the back if the arc is wide enough. So, like, the strategy is you end up, like, you know broadsiding and then coming around like you would with an actual ship and then broadsiding again. And the the way, the interesting thing is, so different types of weapons do different types of damage too. So there's actually strategy in the way that you take them down. It's not just like mash buttons, wait for the cooldown, mash another <laughs> button, yep. wait for the cooldown. Like there's actually a strategy in the way that you're maneuvering your ship too, which is added another layer, which is super cool. So you have sh- shields that you have to take down and phasers are good for taking down shields. So the strategy usually is figure out a way to take down their shield, get in position, and then shoot a torpedo through it. And then that'll do a ton of damage, as opposed to just shooting them with phasers until they explode. And you're usually dealing with multiple ships at once. And sometimes you're fighting as part of a fleet, too. And so all the strategies are all different based on, you know, what's happening around you. So it's just really interesting. Um, we should play it sometime, too, because it's free to play. Um, yeah, the the downside of the game is there's also ground combat which is not good. Like, in theory, it's really cool because you can play it in MMO mode where you just click on it. It's just basic MMO combat. Or they have a, like, third-person shooter mode where it it changes the view control as if you're, you know, an over-the-shoulder first-person shooter and you have the targeting and you just point. You can aim and then shoot and stuff, but it doesn't work very well. But, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Like, you have... Um, you have a crew you can choose who's on your crew you can choose what how they dress so you can choose your uniform type and everything like if you want you can have a different crew member wear a different style of uniform like you know each one wear a different style or you can all wear the same style and change the colors on them and everything which is you know it, it doesn't change the gameplay at all but it's kind of cool when you're like um you know all of mine are wearing these like you know black futuristic looking uniforms it's like black and red or something and so it's it's kind of cool in the ground combat to just be walking around with a squad of like five people, who all you know, dressed the same way in the same uniform, and it's kind of cool.
1: So is this uh an MMO third person shooter or first person shooter? I mean,
0: it's an, it's theoretically it's just an MMO really, but they have a th- it has a third person shooter mode that you can click into, and it really is just another way to control the MMO like stuff. So you still have the same cooldowns and everything, but. Like, your main shot is just clicking the mouse button like you would in a third-person shooter. It's just the the ground combat just doesn't work that well. But you can do the story modes with multiple players, so we should probably try it sometime and uh, team up and all that. It'd be kind of cool. And the free-to-play model seems to be a little better than Lord of the Rings Online. Because in Lord of the Rings Online, once you get certain ways into it, you have to start paying for quests. Right. Like Or paying to unlock entire areas and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't want to spend hours and hours and hours leveling, and in Star Trek Online, most of the stuff you pay for is like if you want a really cool ship, there are certain ships you can only buy, which I'm you know I'm fine with. And most of the ships are like, I think the most expensive one I've seen would end up costing like thirty dollars, which to put that in perspective, that's like two months of subscription, normally.
1: Uh, so it's a service-based thing.
0: I'm sorry, what? I didn't hear the last bit. It's a service-based game, then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of free to play done the way that it's supposed to be, where most most of the time the the fact that you're not a paid player doesn't really mess with you all that much. It's just, oh yeah, if you do pay us, there's some cool things. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, and and then of course the stuff like uh, you know, if you want more inventory space, you're gonna have to pay, but you get more in- inventory space right off the bat than you do in Lord of the Rings Online anyway, and you don't get as much just junk. most of the stuff you get is actually pretty decent. That's nice. And the other cool thing is, so in Lord of the Rings Online, if you want to sell something, you have to go all the way back to town. But in uh, Star Trek Online, you have a replicator, uh, like you do in Star Trek, which, you know, it lets you break things down into elements and then create things from them. So basically the way it works is you can, at any point, if you need to get rid of something, you basically... um, break it apart into components, and then you distort the components so it doesn't take up space in your inventory. And if you want to get it back later, you can undo that as long as you have enough components still. Which is cool and really nice, actually. But I haven't run out of inventory space yet. So it hasn't been an issue. So yeah, that's a good game. We should play it sometime. Um, oh, and then the other thing that I've been playing... Well, actually, I need to get a drink real fast. Hold on. good coffee. Okay. Uh the other thing that I played a little bit of is I was listening to another podcast. Actually, I was listening to the Giant Bomb cast, which is a a Giant Bomb is a gaming news website and so they have a podcast and it's great. Um you haven't if you haven't listened to it, you should. Um I was listening to old episodes of it from I don't know 08 or 09 or something. And they were they mentioned uh a game called Bully. Um and I had been meaning to play it and I just never did. And it was like, on sale on Steam or whatever, so I picked it up. Um, and basically the concept is it's a game by Rockstar, the people that made GTA, and it's in this kind of in the style of GTA, except the point is that you are a kid who's been sent off to boarding school. And so the whole point is, like, you're at this school and it's just all terrible people and bullies and everything. And so it's you trying to, like, navigate the social structure of this school and then do stuff like, um, oh, this person was, this person, like, beat you up earlier. Go steal something of theirs at night, but don't get caught because there are people patrolling the grounds, or something like that. And you know, dumb stuff. And it's actually pretty good. I don't know. If, have you ever played GTA or anything like that? I've never played. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um. Yeah. You don't really have a frame of reference for for this one, then. Like, I don't really know what else to compare it to. It's just uh, it's an open world third person game where you run around and you know do mini games and stuff like that um like you know in this game because you're at school or whatever there's a a day night cycle and so at certain times during the day you have to be at class and and if not then you know they're like you get bonuses for actually going to class and if you try to skip class then you have to try to avoid the people that are going to send you back to school and you don't get the bonuses for going to class but you also have side quests that you have to do to pr- to make the story continue. So sometimes you end up having to miss class in order to do the side quests. Mm. Um,
1: that sounds but, interesting. That's kind of a cool
0: concept for a game. I don't think I've ever played yeah, something actually, similar to that style. but I think it's a little bit more fun than GTA, honestly, but just because the concept is more interesting. Like GTA is just run around and steal cars. It's like, okay. I mean, I like GTA Five a lot. Like, it was good. But uh, the concept in and of itself is not that great. But this, this concept is actually kind of interesting. And it's funny because it sets you up as... Actually, okay, what I like most about it is the f- first thing it's just like, oh, yeah, you're kind of a horrible person. Like, the main character is a bully. And they set, they set up how bad the main character is. You know, he's, he's been expelled from, you know, four different schools or whatever. So he's getting sent off to boarding school. And then you get there and you're, like, the least bad person there. <laughs> like, everybody else is way worse than you. So it's like this weird dynamic of yeah you're kind of a bully but you, but because you're the least bad person you end up fighting for all the people that are getting picked on. So like there's at least one point where somebody's just like <laughs> another you know fighting another bully and he's like look dude there's so many people here that really deserve to get bullied but you're picking on all the wrong ones. <laughs> so, which is just a weird dynamic cuz he's not like the good kid but he's not the worst person there either. which is interesting. I'm wondering if they'll, like, do a complete, you know, face turn at the end of the game and just be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a good kid. now." <laughs> Probably not, but it'd be kind of funny. But, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm only, like, two or three hours in because I just played it for a little while yesterday and then played it for a little while this morning. But yeah it seems good it's like I think it's 15 bucks on Steam right now which is not bad and it's pretty decent size like I was impressed because at first you only have access to the like school grounds there's no way to get off of it and I was like oh okay it's kind of a small world but it's fine and I would have been fine if that was it but it's actually like three or four times the size of the map you get at the beginning the further you get into the game you get access to more areas like there's an entire city outside of the school that you don't even see for the first portion of the game but yeah It's kind of cool. I mean, instead of cars, you get bikes and skateboards and all that. But yeah. So I think that's it as far as games. Um, Let's see. Oh yeah. Last week, we kind of mentioned, or Zachary mentioned a Spotify article that we were going to talk about, but uh, neither of us had had the chance to really read it in depth and think about the concept so we did that this morning and we're gonna talk about it now I think all right so why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a little overview of the break what down. the article is about and yeah all right so
1: um, basically there's just a ton of people who have been asking Spotify to change their way of paying artists and the reason for that is because Spotify is being very unfair to artists um, according to this article and just, I think the general consensus from what I've heard is, is that, so, um, so the article is just covering basically, uh, they want to do a month of, in the month of September, they want to basically get as much people as possible to stream their favorite indie bands for 24 seven. And even, even with the volume down. They, they just want you to just stream your indie band, the indie bands, your favorite indie bands. Um, so don't like, don't turn the music off, just turn the volume all the way down when you're not listening and turn it back up when you are, but don't like stop the music and do that for a whole month. And the basic premise is basically to scare Spotify out of their quote unquote, you know, unfair ways and, um, and make them, i guess snap out of it and just like embrace the a better model
0: for paying artists. So, I mean, okay, so for reference, um according to this article, which we're going to link in the description. I think I said I was going to do that a couple weeks ago, but I actually went ahead and made a note of it this time, so I actually will. Um according to the article, the way that Spotify currently pays the, you know, streamers or the music artists that they get streamed is they have the total profits from streaming then they take their cut out of that and then after that they um, put that in a pool and then they divide that up based on which artist had the most people listening for the most time so it's based on time streamed so the artists with the most you know I guess hours streamed get the most money and the artists with the least hours streamed get the least money so it's not based on number of subscribers or anything like that. And so the idea behind this protest is to get more money to the to the smaller artists that you listen to all the time because theoretically, I mean, what they see is the problem is that, you know, you're paying however much a month, 20 bucks a month, I think, right? Something like that. It's like 13 um, or 10. Yeah, 13. I guess it's not that much. Um, so you're paying 13 bucks a month for this service and you're maybe you're only listening to a few bands. But that money that you're sending in, like, barely any of it's getting to the artists that you're listening to. Most of it's going somewhere else. And so the idea is to get more money to them. The only, I mean, okay, so there's a few issues that I see. One being, like, I have a little bit of an issue with the the idea that this is unfair, right? Because here's the thing. If you want to support an artist, buy their music. Don't stream it. You, You have a way to give money directly to them, and it's buying CDs, like, you can buy stuff directly from their website, and they get the money for it. Um, the The other issue is that, from a business standpoint, this makes perfect sense for Spotify, because the artists with the most hours played are the ones that are keeping people there. And so, yeah. ideally, it makes sense for them to pay them the most money, because if they pay them the least money... and or they pay them less money, they may, they'll they have less incentive to keep their product right. on there. So from a business standpoint, it makes perfect sense. It kind of sucks for the small artists, though, because, you know, they may be getting a lot of people who are subscribing to the service just to listen to their music, but because that's such a small percentage of the overall Spotify user base, they're getting barely any money, which stinks. But the issue, the problem is giving Spotify more use is not going to convince them to change anything because it doesn't matter. Yeah. From Spotify's standpoint, like they don't make any more or less money based on how how long you listen as long as you keep paying every month. And actually, if you're a free subs- if you're like a free user, they're going to make more money cuz they're getting more ad pays. So it only helps them. Yeah. So that, I mean it like- does kind
1: of it's it's not as good for them if you're if you are a paying user because you're only paying a certain amount per month so if you're streaming like tons and tons of music then it's more of a disadvantage but i mean there's restaurants that do that all the time you know so i don't i agree with you yeah. there it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's, a big okay, big
0: so deal i understand this from the standpoint of yeah we want to give these artists money that's fine but it doesn't work as a stick it to the man kind of thing it's like yeah we're really sticking it to them by using their service <laughs> 24/7 yeah that that won't work, and I'm not sure there really is anything they can do to convince them to change their model because if they change their model wait I'm not so the i mean the idea would be that the ideal method that people have been suggesting is that um you choose where the money from your subscription goes, yeah, or you know you yeah something like um Or it's based on what you listen to. So the people that you listen to get the most of the money from your subscription. (laughs) And the problem is that for the most part, the payments are going to work out somewhat the same way on average. Like the smaller smaller bands will get more money and the larger bands will get slightly less money. But as a general rule to Spotify, it's not going to make that much of enough of a difference for them to want to change it. And if anything, it would make things worse for them because it's just going to give larger, um, I want to say publishers because I've been thinking about games, but um, larger labels, less incentive to stay with them. And there's already not a ton of money to go around as it is because they're getting like, you know, money off of ads and money off of subscriptions. And they kind of need, like the people that are giving, give, getting them the most, most money that can't talk today. The people that are getting them the most money are the larger artists, not the smaller ones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a weird solution. Like I don't want small artists to take their music off there, but I guess like, like what I've said before, the best way to look at stuff like Spotify is, um, it's radio yeah. that you might make some money off of. It's just radio. It's a way for people to discover your music. And if you want to support an artist, go buy their stuff. Right. I think. Because that's the best way to do it. Because you it's. Buy their merch. Yeah. Good. Because it's so
1: accessible, I think it just, it's been like not compared to radio as much as it probably should be. Um, and it's just been compared to like iTunes or, you know, the music app on your phone.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, because it, it is different from radio. Like okay, I'm not saying it's the same. It's I mean the you know the royalty payments work completely differently so, and stuff like that too. But the yeah I don't know. I mean it's not it's not easy to be a small artist and stuff like that. There's it's not easy to make money. But if you can't afford to put your music out there, then just don't and say you know buy the CD. Yeah. But um yeah I don't know. I don't have a better solution, that's the thing. And I think the solutions that have been suggested are not actually better solutions, really. Because they don't actually... They're not better solutions for Spotify. They're better solutions for the small artists. And the problem is the small artists aren't the one running the service. Yeah. Which brings me to an idea. Why doesn't a small artist start a service that pays artists like that? And it's just like the indie music streaming service that's cheaper. Because if all you listen to are these indie artists, you could just switch to that and not use Spotify at all. True. So this is the way capitalism works, right? Most of the time, the best way to convince a company to change is to stop using their stuff. Go find somebody who's doing it better and use their stuff. And if there is nobody, you create your own thing. Yep. And if I had a ton of money right now, I'd probably do that. But I don't. I have neither the money nor the time to create a service like that, but I'm sure somebody does somewhere, and they need to. I don't know. I feel like these days I'm punctuating everything I say with I don't know.
1: Uh, I think you do know. Like I mean that the only ironic think about thing about that is that most indie artists who actually want a service like that don't have all the money in the
0: world. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's the issue, is that all the people that have the money to do it aren't the ones who want to do it. Some, somebody will come along and do that, though, or do something like that, as long as it's financially feasible, which it may not be, and that may be the problem. I don't I don't know the numbers on the back end.
1: Well, according to what I've heard recently, is that Spotify is still in the red as a company, so
0: they haven't made a profit since day one. Um and so, they may be afraid of losing larger labels too, which could play into this a lot. Yes. So,
1: um, I have just a hunch that Spotify might not be around for much longer. Um, streaming, as we I kind know. I feel the same way about Apple Music. Might be I already canceled
0: Apple. Apple Music. What? I already canceled my subscription to Apple Music. So, I feel kind of the same way about that. Like, it's just not. Yeah. It's not the best way to do stuff like that.
1: I guess on a related note, I canceled my subscription to Spotify. So, I no longer have a premium subscription. And that just falls right into what I'm, what I mean about the Spotify thing is, you know, if Spotify is not going to be around for forever and I'm paying like $10 a month or $13 a month for a Spotify subscription to get albums, any album that I want. And like it, I mean, if I look at, at it as an investment, so I'm buying, it's either I buy like one album a month and just to download, put it on my phone, or I buy a subscription, monthly subscription to Spotify, and I can listen to any album I want. I I think personally, with the the knowledge that Spotify probably won't last forever, um, I think that it'd be more advantageous for me to cancel my premium subscription. I might not be able to listen to all the songs I want right away, but like just buy an album every month or whatever with the same money that I would use for Spotify.
0: Um, put on my phone. Yeah, that's what I'd suggest to people who want to support bands. Yeah. It's like, take the same money that you would spend on Spotify and just, you know, buy an album from one of your favorite artists because you're already spending 13 bucks a month. You could buy a physical CD for that or, a, you know, a digital album for even cheaper. And maybe you don't get to listen to as much music, but a lot of this stuff's on YouTube too. True, And a lot of it you can find for free. Uh, it just takes a little bit more work. so yeah uh, well I don't know is there anything else to say on that note I'm not sure I think we about covered it let's see did any interesting news in the music and or gaming world that you wanted to talk about
1: um, that's I can't think of anything that's like specifically amazing or interesting I think Twitter had something about the MTV awards being tonight, on the day we were recording it right now, which is Sunday. But that's pretty much it. I don't, I'm not really interested,
0: so I don't really care. But I think MTV stopped being relevant a long time ago. Yeah. Too. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I've I've heard things about Metal Gear Solid Five, maybe maybe being really good, but I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. And it's not even out. So. Um, but other than that, no, there's not a whole lot of news right now. Um. yeah oh I did have one other thing I wanted to talk about Steam Early Access and I know I've mentioned this before so there's a game called Overgrowth which is being uh, developed by a company called Wolfire Games and so they like last year uh, released their game Overgrowth in Early Access which is a sequel to their game uh, Lugaru which is a game where you're an uh, anthropomorphic uh, rabbit that fights. Oh, yeah. Uh, which did, is actually a really great game. Did you show me that game a long time ago? A long time yeah, ago. Yeah, man. So, I've wondering about that. Um, to put this in perspective, they just released it in early access. And let's see. I backed it beforehand. When, hmm, hold on, I'm trying to figure out when it was. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to go look it up in my email when I first backed it, because it was a long time ago. Uh, In the meantime, so, I mean, basically what it is, it's a sequel to it. um, Right now, they have, you can basically walk around, fight, A little bit, but there's nothing to the actual game yet. Like, there's no story. There's no campaign. There's nothing. Um, Yeah. Um, hmm, Let us see. Uh, It looks like it was in 2010. Yes. So, in November on November 2nd in 2010 I backed this game and it is August 30th 2015 now when as of the recording and the game is still not out and it had been in development for another like 2 years before that so this game has been in development for 7 years and has not changed substantially over the entire 7 years
1: wow that's And sad. I
0: kind of have a little bit of a problem with that so okay so I understand these developers, there's like four people working on this game, and they're working on it part time, and they're doing a ton of other stuff. These are the guys that run uh, humble bundle. Ah. Uh-huh. If you've ever bought a humble bundle thing, so they have a ton of other stuff on their plate. The problem I have is not with them taking a long time for it. The problem I have is that it's on Steam for sale, even as early access. Because here's the thing, there is no, there's no like release date. <laughs> Interesting. And the reason I have a problem with that is because I paid them $30 like seven years ago, or not seven, five years ago. <laughs> it's been half a decade, and the game doesn't look closer to being out. And I, you know, you you take on a certain amount of risk when you whenever you pre-order a game like that. But I'd really like to see the game come out, and it doesn't look any closer to coming out. So, and, you know, it seems a little bit misleading to put things on early access when you don't know when it's going to be out and you're not working on it full-time. And I kind of have a, have a little bit of a problem with that. Um, I don't know. What do you think? That's
1: interesting. I'm quite surprised, actually, myself. It seemed pretty promising when you first showed me, like, five years ago. And I thought, you know... I mean, I knew that the way... You said it. I kind of knew like before that it was probably going to be a while before it came out, but like I I mean 5 years. I don't know what changes they've made or anything I haven't seen it recently, but
0: they have made changes on the back end, but the problem is that like there's um you know, I like a couple years ago I downloaded the the build because you you do get access to builds and I have played it. And then recently like a couple months ago I downloaded it again and played it there was no noticeable difference between them because it was all the back end stuff that they changed. And it was the kind of stuff that usually gets done in less than two years. You know, yeah. like this, the size of game is usually done within less than two years when you develop something like that, because you usually have more people in a full time team and everything. But I mean, I, you know, this kind of sums it up perfectly. The first review on steam right now is maybe my grandkids will be able to play it. <laughs> I mean it it does look, I mean it still looks promising like it could be good but the, the thing is you know the longer they wait to release it the less good it looks compared to everything else Yeah
1: I think I, I think that's true about a lot of things I mean there's a lot of games and music and movies that could be good but just not
0: Yeah I don't know I really hope it comes out it's just it seems it doesn't seem quite right to be selling a, something as a product, even if you mark it as early access, when you're not working on it full-time, and you have no idea when it's going to be released. So there's, Especially when you're not... Yeah. Is there literally no news like, about it? Well, so they have updates, they'll post updates and stuff. Um, And they used to do them every week, and then they quit doing it every week, and now it's like once every four to six months or something. And so let me go pull up the, the newest update on it. Like, the problem is that it's not any, anything substantial. Um, overgrowth alpha 209, which was after like about four months after 208. So, let's see. Here are the features. Self-documenting script registration. Attaps, attached objects can be manipulated with editor. Can attach groups to characters. Can save characters with attached objects. Can copy-paste, save-load connected objects. Uh, fixed ragdolls. Character bone mass is proportional to the cube of character scale. Fixed a problem with sky rendering. Fixed ra- rater ear weights. Shift moves camera along with cameras. Like a bunch of editor stuff. Yeah. Added sky rotation. Spawner no longer closes after spawning a new object. Blah, 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 blah. Fixed MAC SDL framework. Fixed, you know, bug fixes. Uh, I mean, it's just all bug fixes and minor editor changes. But no. And that's like four months of work.
1: No, like, new stuff.
0: Like, like oh, we're going to. No features. Yeah. Like, no actual features. Like, editor changes. And I don't know, man. Like, it's just... I don't know. Like, I legitimately don't know if it'll ever be finished because the the pace on it is so slow.
1: Man. Somebody just needs to do a
0: mod. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this is the kind of thing where it be... You know, there there are people out there who could make a mod in a week that would be like an entire campaign, that they'd be like, "Look, I did it." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah, the game's done now. Don't don't wait for it to actually come out. It's just done. But I you know I know they want it to be really good. But the you know the thing is like the type of game that it is should not take seven years to develop. I agree. And I only know that because there's so many small teams of developers that make games that are more than this is going to be in, like, two years or less.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really just depends, know. like, the time and the motivation. It seems like yeah. after seven years, you're not going to have the motivation to finish something like this. It just, you're not. I mean, it's going to be hard to pick yeah. it back up.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I like for developers to take as long as they need to to finish it. Like, I want it to be good. But it just... I feel like if you've been taking money for a game for seven years, like almost a decade, they've been accepting money for this game and they still haven't released it. It just seems super sketchy. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe it'll come out in like a week. (laughs) And they'll just be like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a bunch of stuff we were working on that we didn't announce. All the added features are here. Boom. That'd be great. But as it is, it just doesn't look like that much is getting done. So who knows? We may, you know, we may be on our hundredth episode and be like, "Oh yeah, is it out?" Nope. Nope. <laughs> the new Duke Nukem Forever.
1: That'd be that'd be pretty funny.
0: <laughs> it would be funny except that I paid money for it. Right. So I'm not been out of shape about it or anything. I mean, it's kind of like when you kickstart stuff. You're like you, you have to understand that money may just be lost but at the same time, I really, like, I like the idea of the game. I would really like to see it come out. It just, you know. Anyway, so stuff like that is just... I don't like early access because it mostly consists of really sketchy things like that, where it's like, yeah, I mean, we'll release it, maybe, sometime. When are you going to release it? I don't know. Whenever you feel like it. When's it going to be done? I don't know. (laughs) Are Are you guys working on this? I mean, yeah, kind of. Stuff's getting done. I mean, nothing noticeable, but stuff's getting done, so we're working on it. And like, eh. I don't know. Anyway, on that note, I think that, that about wraps it up for this week. So uh, unless you have anything else you want to say about that.
1: Sounds good. Yeah. Hopefully okay. it'll come out.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say at this point. Uh, so, Zachary, if people want to find you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so you can check out my Twitter account. I think that's really the best best place. So, Zachary Bruno is my handle. And what about you, man?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jordan Lytle. I mean, uh, Lytle Jordan, not Jordan Lytle. Um, so, it's L Y T L E J O R D A N. And I occasionally tweet. I more often retweet things. But, you know. Um, and that's about it. So, if you want to listen to more episodes of this podcast, you can find them at CollectedNonsense.com or on iTunes. Just search for Collected Nonsense. And we should be releasing a few videos of us playing some games and talking about them, if that interests you, here pretty soon. And we'll add a link to that um, on YouTube. So, until next week.